world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Aer Lingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Easy E, how are we? Shawnee. I'm after like... getting I'm after getting a new back massager. You I've, did, had uh... it, I've had it running here while I was waiting for you to come on. So <laughs> come in. So I just hair turn it on. Zzz, Jero, that, that, that's yeah, the 15 minutes. Yeah, just my new it, toothbrush. It, but uh <laughs> is that to um <laughs> is that to try and ease your, your back and stuff and your dress from all these push-ups you're doing every day? What's the story? Oh, everyone's on to me about these push-ups. I don't understand why it's so hard to just crack out five sets of 15 to 20 push-ups every day. But the reason I say it, Sean, it's not. It was very hard for me at the start. But I suppose, yeah, I, I keep my two lives separate. But obviously military is my where I went. And yeah. whether you wanted to do push-ups or not, there was someone, someone with their boot in your head telling you to do push-ups because you had a bit of dust on your your nose or wherever they wherever they said you were dirty you were dirty and you got your push-ups and then you got more push-ups and you got more push-ups and it's all part of training don't get me wrong i'm not complaining about the guys who are yeah. doing it because they built us up every day because we had to be built up to carry equipment we had to be built up to get up and get down get up and get down and over a mountain with a bag in your bag and i'm not anyone who says uh the army do this like it's it's all about consistency every single day so <laughs> I've actually had to stop posting that I'm doing my push-ups so I do my five sets I take around 30 seconds and then I go into my next one and I go into my next one 15 to 25 is usually the bracket I operate in any more than that I'll, I'll reduce the sets if I'm going to 30 or 35 and I've done them every day I've done them every single day from a from a, a personal training kind of aspect to you know people always say you're doing too many push-ups because this this and this but if you could build up to it and obviously with your training and stuff you have built to it, there's no reason why you can't do push-ups every day now if you're doing something that will 100% fatigue you as in like you're doing push-ups and you're going that last push-up and you're it takes you five six seconds just to get to the top of that push-up if you make the top of it and then you try to do another set that's what you're talking about over fatigue or stuff like that but if you're going 15 25 taking 30 seconds going back into it well for the rest of us it may seem unrealistic for you because you've built it up so long that's yeah. that's your your taller that's your that's your level now and the only way 
unless you start throwing weights in your back or doing a weighted vest. The only way you can increase the resistance on your push-ups you get to a certain level is to, well, there's two ways. You increase the reps and you decrease the time in between, the rest in between. And we pull up, I think we pull up in the Any Given Run Day uh, run group. I know I did it on my own. I did it one of the, the workouts actually where we finished with, um, we did reverse lunges, one of each, and then push-ups, one push-up, and reverse lunges, two of each, and two push-ups. And the reason I did it that way to break up 100 push-ups was that people would get their rest in between each set of push-ups and that they'd go with full technique doing those push-ups. Whereas in your case, if you didn't do full t- technique, I'm assuming not that I've ever been in the Army. I've watched a few Chuck Norris films. That's about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't do full t- technique, you, you'd probably have, you know, a, a, you know, Sergeant Major putting his foot in your back and going, getting all the way down, touch the ground and right back yeah, up again. Yeah, and, and and look, the people that were training us are very intelligent PTIs. They're, they are trainers themselves. You know, they're, they're not putting you in the push-up. They're putting you in the push-up for a reason. And they they would do different things. So when you got used to doing your 20 push-ups, you, they'd see you smashing them out perfectly. So then they get you to do a push-up and hold. And then up. And then down and hold. And yeah. then up. So they're constantly building you up and pushing you to that next level without the weight in your back. Then you would have a back. In your, you know, like it's... They were very good at what they did in the army. And it was... They're phenom- they're very good at finding yeah. out when you've reached your next level and they push you to the constant, you know. And I don't know, again, it builds up that mental stamina. So again, some people think, like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. And it's like, well, do you know what? I've kind of just... This is how I operate now. And that's just... This is my norm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is. Look, different strokes for different folks. It's not for everyone, and that's why not everyone signs up to do what those guys do. So yeah. it's it's. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'll do it one of the days. I'll, I'll record. I don't like recording myself, Sean. You know, I don't like recording myself. No, doing um, you have to. Yeah, just a point. You're gonna have to do it one of the days. Yeah, speaker yeah, challenges. I'll do it. I'll speaker do it challenges. Um, this week's episode of, of Any Government Day it is all about building yourself up. And I'm building on to some incredible challenges. You, you seem to know some of these challenges, but I, hands up, I didn't know a, a lot of these challenges are coming up. I don't want to spoil what they are uh, or anything like that. But this, it genuinely, I know we say this when we have a guest on, but I truly mean it. This is a phenomenal episode of the Any Government Run Day podcast. I took a lot of notes on it, and I'm sure you guys will. And it's going to help so much in terms of mindset, signing up for challenges, and, and just go, push yourself going with it, knowing when to pull back and go forward again. Um, especially the last couple of minutes, I took a lot out of that. It's brilliant. Like This week is a phenomenal episode. The beauty about it is, John, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. There's yeah. a guy in our room club, uh, just started po- posting up some of his runs over the last couple of weeks and something tweaked with me and I thought this guy could have something here so I messaged him and he, he turns out he was doing he was doing a lot more than posting in our run club and it's uh, a lot of the stuff when you do get involved in running and, and, and do a little bit of reading on it particularly now during COVID times there is a lot out there that you can do uh, challenge wise and you, everyone's seen the Temple Street challenge many miles a month so there's a lot of these challenges going on over the world some more extreme than others and and you're about to get a treat from a guy who only started running two years ago. 100%. And uh, once again, Eric does sign me up for another challenge. Thanks for that. And with that said, guys, this is this week's episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Eric, once again, you've brought another guest on to this week's episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Eric, who do we have lined up this week? Well, this week, Sean, I feel like we're like Tommy Tiernan here. We actually don't know the person we brought on this week. This is a great one for us, but uh, so I can't actually claim him as a friend, even though you still have 
even though you still have no friends. But um, thanks, Eric. <laughs> so this week we've Dara O'Brien on with us, Sean. Uh, Dara is actually a member of our Run Club, um, uh, along with all of our other great members who are doing great things in there. We noticed Dara doing a lot of long runs, actually. Um, one of which took him up to thirty-nine kilometers one today. He just slipped it in there with a nice photograph and I thought it was 3.9 kilometers I looked in again it was 39 kilometers and he was just humble about it like oh nice to see everyone out doing a run you know real humble Dara there so uh I I messaged him saying oh yeah that's podcast worthy and then he was like well actually I'm doing a, a lot of this for charity and this now I was like oh well we're definitely getting them on for a podcast now so uh Dara you're very welcome to any given or well what do we call it now Sean any given trend day podcast is it <laughs> Good job in the intro, yeah. <laughs> so Dara, tell us. This is where we go. Who are you? Where are you from? Um, right. Uh yeah. Who am I? That's a, a fairly <laughs> esoteric question. Uh we, we we we'll keep it uh bland, maybe. I am from Kilkenny. Uh Kilkenny man born and bred, spent a while living different places around the country, good time down the, the West. Uh, where the <laughs> rain is is real rain, and uh, finally came back here to the sunny southeast. So I live at the moment in a a town called Greg Namana, which is uh, known as the hamlet of the monks, and it's right on the banks of the Barrow River, which uh, probably has an important part in the whole kind of the, the the running thing that we'll be talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that, and that's one thing we noticed. A lot of your runs look to be really really scenic and stuff, and it it looks amazing because mine are all housing estates and I get the odd country road in but it's uh it definitely looks like you were doing a, a nice tour of Kilkenny anyway it looks beautiful but Dara how did you get into running obviously you know a lot of people look at us uh we do a marathon or we're training for an Ironman you ran 39 kilometers and a lot of our members in a run club they're running their first 20 minutes their first 15 minutes yeah where did it start for you what what was it have you been running since a kid or no, um, it it started with me probably about uh, just properly running, maybe uh, or or getting into running and starting to run properly, probably just about two years ago, to be honest. And it was really when I moved to Great Namana. Um, it's a bit of a runner's paradise here. We have the the Barrow Bank. You have kind of Brandon Hill, the Blackstairs Mountains, all all within the locality. And uh, I'd gotten to a stage where um, I just kind of needed to do something. You know, I was. Uh, Enjoying my weekends out. Uh, there's a couple of nice <laughs> pubs here. Do you remember those jokes? Yeah, pubs. yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it seems now. <laughs> oh, so yeah. enjoying that. I was enjoying my food. I kind of enjoying putting the uh, the feet up on the couch, you know. And uh, I just felt like I was kind of getting into a bit of a funk physically. Um, and I'm kind of I'm I'm 45 this year, so I kind of probably hit that midlife crisis point as well. And I just figured that there has to be. Um, has to be a little bit more to uh, what I want to do with my my spare time and with myself, and more to the point that I didn't really want to be giving up the stuff that I liked, going for the couple of pints, having the nice food, but I definitely didn't feel that I should have to feel guilty about doing it. And that's that is the biggest thing we see as well. A lot of people come on one the biggest complaint, and I'm not going to say you're old. You're not. You're a young man. In, in terms of life expectancy but a lot of people once they get over the age of 28 to 35 they're like oh, I'm too old to start that or you know it's it's I, I'm this is the way things are now and my knees are sore and this is sore but it, like a testament to you only two years ago 43 years of age you're like I need to change something and a lot of the times it's, it's just hard to make that change isn't it it's 
like you said, you enjoy the comforts, you enjoy that. The same, the only reason I started running was because I like my takeaway and I like my cake, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm not going to give them up. I've tried, yeah. but it's just not going to happen. But it's it's absolutely amazing that you were able to, I suppose, did you find the, the question I'm leading towards is to start that journey? What What was it? Did you get the shoes on for the first week, then give it up for a week or... Or did you just have something that just said, no, this is what we're doing. This is my plan and I'm sticking to it. How did you motivate yourself or what was the trigger that said, all right, time to go? Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty on and off. Um, I've always had a, a bit of an an interest in behavioral psychology and stuff like that. And uh, one of the things that we all suffer from as people is this. Um, we all have a preference to uh, pleasure that we get immediately. And we tend not to think about long-term consequences. It's just the way our brains are wired. So I'm sure anybody listening here is familiar with the fact that if you want to get fit, you make a New Year's resolution and something you really have to resolve to because you have to put a bit of pain in now to get a, a long-term result. But you never have to make um, a New Year's resolution to enjoy a donut or to eat a takeaway, yeah? Because yeah, 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 they were wired. You get instant pleasure and you say, oh, well, I'll think about the long-term results of that further off down the line. So for me, that was the initial struggle that I had. It was the same as everybody else. Uh, it was trying to justify to yourself why you should go and knacker yourself now for something that you probably won't feel the benefit from from quite a while down the future. And more to the point to go and kind of do it repeatedly. So I had my failures, you know, when I, when I started first, it was a 200 meter stop, 200 meter stop. Oh, geez. Do I hear a dog barking down the road? That might be dangerous. I better come home. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I went through all those things and yeah. <laughs> I had quite a few false starts, but, um, it, it always came back to the fact that, um, there was always a piece of me when I came back that was glad that I'd gone out the first time. Um, and that's the bit that I chose that I wanted to concentrate on as opposed to kind of how I felt. Because I have this kind of love-hate relationship with running. And I don't particularly like it when you think about it. I listened to a podcast quite a while ago. Um, there's a, a Northern Irish runner, a lady called Jill McCann. Oh, yes. McCann, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a crazy, crazy lady. Um, and somebody had asked her, you know, what is it that you love about running? And her answer kind of stumped me. She said, oh, I don't love it at all. She said, I love drinking. I love it. <laughs> That's a different feeling that you get when you're running. And, yeah. and for me, it's kind of the same. Like I love all the things that running kind of brings into my life in terms of the overall benefits, the headspace it gives me, um, the kind of views, the photographs that you get, the experiences that you get. But I don't love running. There's a, you're running up a hill, you're knackered, it's tough going, you know. I shout at cows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so true you say that. We see it from our social media. We put up a post about hate and running the other day. It was one of the most interactive posts we had because everyone was like, yeah, even all these really fit marathon runners are like, I hate running too. I hate it. I hate it. I never liked it. So people who don't run hate running. People yeah. who run hate running, hate running. And, yeah, yeah i've never actually i've never actually heard it i've always hated it but i said you have to learn to love the suffering because as you said i'm fitter mentally feeling good about myself i can i can it's it's hard to have a cheat day i had a fight with myself over about getting a fish and chip yesterday but i had run for an hour i ran 12 kilometers i was like why are you feeling so good because i'm trying to stick to a plan yeah and yeah. it's it's amazing how just that 
that little step of going through that thing you hate opens up so much more for what you love, as you said. Like, I could have a beer with you as two and not feel guilty about it because I know I've put in the work over the last seven, 14, 28 days. As you keep going over each day, you've put in that extra bit of effort. Everything comes that little bit more enjoyable. And it's it's so refreshing to hear someone who has just picked it up kind of simplify it into such an easy way of of why we hate it, but why we do it. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's a, it is one of the like um there's there's parts, don't get me wrong. I I I was looking at one of the posts that you put up there about the kind of runner's high. And you know, you get that um that's that feeling just for periods of time in a run where everything's just kind of great and it's a little bit euphoric and it might be a nice day and the view might be fantastic and you're just delighted to be out doing what you're doing. Um but it only lasts for about five minutes. Well, yeah. five minutes. <laughs> and then you hit a hill or or something like that, and it kind of brings you back down with a bang. But it's 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 almost like a, I I was an absolutely lousy golfer. Um, I tried playing rounds of golf every now and then. Um, Ways of a long walk. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but one of the things that was, I was speaking to a friend who was trying to get me into it, and he was explaining to me that you know that one time where you hit that perfect drive, that's the thing that you remember about the round of golf. And that's what brings you back. Even though everything else might've been a complete ball of crap, you are yeah. hacking lumps out of here or there. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's the running like that for me, it's it's that little bit that you remember that where everything came together. Yeah. And I think what the consistency gives when you start doing it and you stick at it is those bits become a little bit more frequent. It's still yeah. hard. Um, there's still parts where you don't want to get out the rain is lashing off the windows but uh, you get those um, kind of periods that come a little bit better and and for me with the training that I'm doing for the, the run that I'm planning during the summer um, the Sunday run has really kind of taken on a new life for me uh, because I do a, a long run typically on a Saturday which is distance related and then Sunday it's just you run for a certain amount of time and the distance doesn't matter you just kind of run how you feel like running. Um, and I haven't done that in ages because everything was kind of dominated by a watch and a pace. Or yeah, this. yeah. And, and and now when you go out and just go, okay, well, just go for two hours. And if you want to walk, take a walk. And if you want to run, take a run. Um, and that that's taken on a new lease of life for me. And uh, they're the bits that kind of drag me out. The, the Monday to Saturday is bearable because I want to do the Sunday. Yeah, gotcha. and it is. And I put up a post about it yesterday saying it's almost like a close to the week. It's almost like you you assess how the week went in terms of your training, your food, your diet, your work, your relationships, anything you've had. Like I covered my watch yesterday. I knew I had to go for an hour and I knew I didn't need to check my watch until about 50 minutes to see, you know, I'd hear the beep and I'd go, okay, roughly I'm about there. But my brain was allowed to wander. At the start of that run I did yesterday, I was angry at this. I was angry at that. I had this going on in my head. <laughs> Three kilometers in, I was angry at myself for going running. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you four kilometers, five kilometers, we're through a half hour, burned off a lot of that energy. And then I was like, well, actually things aren't so bad. And maybe if I did this a little bit better next week. And, and by the time you finish the run, you actually, you just close off that week. You just feel good. There was no watch involved. And it, it is an amazing thing. And to just take stock of everything. And it's an hour to yourself that a lot of, like, I know everyone's working from home and stuff. And maybe you agree or, or disagree with Sean, but the pressures are, if not more, uh, you know, your people who have been homeschooling, they've been this, they haven't really got that time to themselves to process how they're feeling and how to check in with themselves. And that's what I see my long run on the weekend is. It's a time where 
I don't, I'm not texting. I'm not accessible. I'm just out. I have my music on a nice playlist, no Rockies, you know, a nice relaxed one for the relaxed run. And it's just a nice time to check in with myself and, and close off a good week or a bad week or, and then look to the next week and, and see how I'm feeling. I don't know if you agree or, but it sounds like you do a very similar thing there. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think the the whole kind of lockdown scenario has had a, a pretty profound effect on a lot of people and a lot of people that I know um, for, for different reasons. I mean, from, from my side, um, I'm, I'm living here on the Barrow. I, I work in Dublin. So I used to get the daily commute. I was in Bagnallstown train station every day at just, uh, you know, after six o'clock. Uh, in the morning, <laughs> up, you know, I, I was back from Dublin then and was walking in the door at maybe half six, seven in the evening. And that was Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, and I used to just run from Houston Station to the office with the, the bag on my back and then go off at the kind of weekends. So th- there was a major kind of win for me in terms of time when we yeah. came into the first lockdown. And I was kind of determined to say, well, is there any point me actually saying or thinking that I'm getting four hours a day back if I don't actually do anything with those four hours? So that was kind of the first motivation. But the second thing is that I think the, the isolation from a social point of view has become, um, you know, kind of really pressing on a lot of people as well. And uh, there's a lot of kind of, I, I know men's help groups, especially, and a lot of chat about young men in Ireland uh, the way that we don't really kind of connect and talk about things that are important to us. Yeah. And I think a lot of people surround themselves by social outlets. It's meeting the lads, going down the pub, it's joining team sports, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that has stopped. And what it's become really apparent to us is that we spend a huge amount of time with ourselves all the yeah. time, whether we realize it or not. And it's not always a comfortable position for people to be in because there's a lot of people that aren't fully comfortable with themselves for a number of different reasons. And when you take away the distractions, you're kind of left with uh, what we have at the moment for a lot of people, which becomes tough. And for me, running is a way that you can actually talk to yourself and get to know yourself. Because I was like that. There were, there's parts of us all that we don't really like. I mean, there's parts of our personality that annoy us that you wonder, why did I do that? Or Jesus, why did I say that? Or you have a row with somebody and you're like, oh, Jesus, I was an ass. And you can't get away from it. So the best thing to do is to work out how you can get along with it um, and to work out the fact that it's all right to have a row with yourself. And it doesn't mean that you're, you're uh, <laughs> yeah. lost in any way. You can go and work stuff out and just become comfortable with it and become comfortable with who I am. Um, and for me, that's that's where the running comes in. And that's what makes the kind of running up the hills on the tough days kind of bearable because I've learned a huge amount about myself and who I am as a person. I've learned that, yeah, there's bits that I don't particularly like, but they're part of me um, and I just work with them and accept them. But I've learned that there's an awful lot about me that I do like. Uh, and I've learned how to talk to it and how to bring it out. Uh, and, and, and for me, whether it's running for listeners or whether it's walking or whether it's just a bit of time to yourself, um, there's no better way to spend time than getting to know yourself because you're going to live with yourself for a long time. Man. Yeah, I, I didn't realize until the, the last lockdown we were doing, starting the running group, you know, we we're running you know, six, eight weeks in and then I had an injury. And I didn't do anything for three, four weeks. And it wasn't those three, four weeks where I wasn't out having those conversations in my head and all the rest that I realized how much running affected me in, in a good way where I was able to clear my mind and just 
just have it out myself, whatever was yeah. going on. And then those three weeks, I just wasn't able to do that. I was like, like it never clicked until I stopped how much that helped. For yourself, there did that when the lockdown happened, is that when you had that transition from struggling to get 200 meters afraid of the dog to getting, you know, 40 K a week now, uh, 40 K in, in one session. Was it around that lockdown when you had more time or was it something that came before that where you set a goal for yourself that you were able to push on like you're doing right now? No, I'd, I'd started probably up in the mileage before that, to be honest. Um, just when the, I suppose as I started getting a bit more comfortable and exploring the area. So there's, there's an awful lot of kind of historic stuff around here. And I, I kind of became a little bit a nerd about that kind of learning about stuff that I was passing that was on my doorstep. So I was doing kind of reasonably consistent mileage, but uh, where it really changed for me was uh, there's, there was a, an event, a virtual event that started last year in May called the great virtual race across Tennessee. So there's a, a race director called Lazarus Lake. You may have heard of him. Yeah, uh, came up with the Barkley Marathons and stuff like that, some of these kind of toughest races in the world. But he put on this virtual race that he thought that maybe three or four hundred people would uh, enter. <laughs> yeah. And it was basically running from one border in Tennessee diagonally across it to the other, which is a uh, thousand kilometers or 620 odd miles. Um, and you had four months to do it. So I don't know. I think it showed up on my feed or something like that. And I just yeah. bit, I said, all right, to hell with it. I'll sign up to it. But it ended up that there was maybe 19,000 people entered. I think I remember that. Ever. It exploded. Yeah. It exploded. It yeah. A million euro virtual races. What had happened. It was just, it happened at the right time for a lot of people. Uh, and I signed up to it and it was really kind of gruesome and grueling because, uh, there's these kind of uh, virtual buzzards and the buzzard is your cutoff point. So if you're behind oh, the buzzard, you're not going to finish on time. Uh, and if you're ahead of the buzzard, you're going to finish on time. But what struck me was the relentlessness of it. So I started into it with a kind of all these great notions and I'd done a bit of running and I'd kind of built up consistency. And I think I spent the first two and a half, three weeks, I ran a half marathon a day for the three weeks up and down the bank of Carroll. My God. And, and everything was fine. And I had uh, my notions that not only was I going to run across Tennessee, uh, which is the the rat, they call it the race across Tennessee, but uh, I was actually going to go for what they call the bat pin, which was the back across Tennessee. So to make it over and back. Uh, and then, Good luck uh, to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of ran out of talent with my product. <laughs> because... Uh, after about three years, my or after the first three weeks, my lower leg just kind of imploded because uh, I was running on uh, enthusiasm uh, as opposed to kind of ability on any proper base. And I hadn't done any kind of strength work. I just enjoyed running. I thought I was reasonably OK at it uh, and kind of everything fell apart. And I missed about 14 weeks um, and I had set myself. Uh, Lazarus Lake himself had put up these kind of motivational posts and he's a really interesting guy, but uh, he, he was an ultra runner way back in the day. And uh, now he walks and he walks a phenomenal amount. And he had kind of put up all these posts saying, listen, this is an attritional race. You know, uh, five miles a day doesn't sound a lot, but it's five miles a day, day in, day out for four months. And if you miss five miles a day, it means there's another day you have to do 10. Yeah. Right. And that snowballs really quickly. So he said, don't be tempted to go off and try and knock this out in two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. Uh, but sure, I ignored that. 
Typical Irish attitude. Yeah, well, I had this notion in my head that sure, anybody can walk. I'm running because I want to run. So I'm going to run the whole thing. Uh, And then while I was sitting up with my leg and my kind of shin splint issues and all that kind of stuff after missing 12 weeks, and it was really becoming to the stage where I mightn't have finished the race at all. And at that stage, I kind of uh, ate a bit of humble pie and said to myself, do you know what? I'm just going to have to walk some of this because if I don't start moving now, it's going to be on a cheap. And I started walking and uh, actually I developed a huge amount of respect for people who were walking that whole thing because uh, there's, there's the physical demands of running, which is one thing, but there's the mental and time demands of walking. Yeah. And there's people mm-hmm. out there that walked across and back and they were walking 10 miles a day every single day for four months. Yeah. Um, and at that point, that changed my outlook and, and that brought an awful lot of consistency in. Uh, that was the switching point where it said, OK, do you know what? You need to get out and move each day and a walk up a mountain is just as good or spending time on strength or whatever is yeah. just as good in terms of the long term. Uh, and I spent kind of the rest of that year and then building up a bit more of a base. Uh, and this year I've managed so far as we're speaking today, I've been out and done at least 5K every day. But my right. training is varied uh, and I spend a lot more time now on core and working on my legs just so I can do that. Sean. I actually have, I swear, I swear, as soon as you started telling that story about Tennessee and doing the half um, marathon, I wrote down one word, six letters, calves. How are your calves going up and down the hills and stuff? Because I know mine would be shot. Like, um, how, how do you feel with them now? Like your your, your lower legs and stuff. Because just personally, that amount of hills, half marathons every day. I'm like, he's got to do something to his calves there. That has to be where that story's going. Yeah, that well, they're actually a lot better now. So uh, I I bought one of those um, twenty kilo weighted bags from uh, Lidl. Uh-huh. I got one myself. It's an absolute yeah. yeah. Well, I I just stick it on my knees and sit on the coffee table when I watch telly in the evening and just do kind of seated calf raises. Um, and then I do a few on the stairs. But apart from that, I've I've more hills. Uh, yeah. I started. I was running up and down the banks of the Barrow, which is just flat, and it was just that constant flatness. Uh, and I neglected the hills because I didn't like them because nobody really. No one likes them. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I've started doing that a lot more. And that's kind of um, worked things up as well. And look, I went through the same thing that I, I'm sure everybody else does. My calves are at me. It must be my runners because everybody wants to think it's their runners because that's you, you just buy a new pair of runners and that fixes the problem. Yeah. Um, and yeah, runners are important and the right, right footwear is important, but. I think probably in 90% of the cases, the, the problem is an imbalance somewhere. Um, and that's the thing that takes a bit of work, I think, and a bit of effort to work on, to track down where it is and to work on it and to put in the kind of hard work that isn't kind of sexy and isn't running and isn't getting out there. Uh, and, and maybe that's where a lot of people kind of give up and say, oh, well, I'm not supposed to run. I have this injury. Um, so for me, that, that was another kind of big learning. Um, and I went straight from the the race across Tennessee into the, the craw, which is the circumpolar race around the world. Uh, so it's basically running from uh, North pole to South pole and back around the other side. Uh, it's another <laughs> lake thing. So yeah, we have 50,000 kilometers. It's a team of 10 people, a re- relay, and we have right. 50,000 kilometers to, to cover. And 5,000 kilometers each. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we are, we've, 
just entered region six now. So we're just over halfway at this stage. Um, and, and the team of runners that I'm with, there's a couple from Australia. There's a guy from Greenland. And uh, man, you should see the stuff he's running in at the moment. Like he's up to his waist in snow, running on <laughs> snowshoes and all that. And kind there's of me complaining God. about a bit of drizzle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> We've, we've a guy, there's a guy from Hong Kong and he uh, does uh, uh, about 2,500 meters of vertical each week. Whoa. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely. So there's this uh, kind of group of people going around. It's 350 teams in that. There's one one crowd after finishing and they're, they're on their way back. So uh, there's, uh, there's incredible this, people out there. Was this again just something you've seen pop up on your feed and you're kind of like, let's go? Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm at nothing on Sunday. I'll give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, pretty much. And to be honest, it was um, it was really, and, and and this is what kind of led me up to where where I want to go um, later on in the summer. But what happened was the the Facebook group that was set up for the the race across Texas was just so good and enjoyable. There was none of this kind of uh, judgmental crap that you get with an awful lot of these kind of running sites and stuff. Yeah. It was just genuinely sp- people sharing their experiences and uh, you got to see where other people were running and stuff like that. And I was putting up some photos of the the barrel runs that I was doing and um, everybody loved them. You know, I was getting people from the US, people from uh, other places in Europe saying, man, where do you live? I'd love to come there. Um so that kind of made me want to keep going um, because I, I just figured there's so much here that I could kind of get out and enjoy. And it's it was kind of easy to or easier to endure a lockdown when you kind of live here than if you were maybe stuck somewhere kind of built up where everything looked pretty much the same. So the the race around the world then was pretty much three people reached out to me and said, hey, look, we're putting a team together. And they were people who'd been kind of putting up decent uh, kind of accounts of their own running as well. And it kind of grew from there and built into it. Um, And then at the same time, I just kind of had this plan hatch in the middle of my mind about what I wanted to do for the summer with a barrow way, because hardly anybody in Ireland knows it. I mean, would you be familiar with it yourself, guys? No. I've flown over it and that's about it. I've flown the length of it, but that would yeah. be about, I've never ran ran the length of it. Yeah, it's it, like, it's the second longest river in the country. Uh, and uh, you can go from pretty much, you can travel the Barrow the whole way up into the Shannon because it, it goes from kind of New Ross and Waterford where it empties into yeah. kind of Passage East. And it goes the whole way up um, through Carlow, up through Kildare. And then it joins into the, the Royal Canal. And it was one of the major kind of waterways um, and transportation routes in Ireland for years. So they built a load of these canals and there's a footpath that runs, well, uh, not a footpath, a towpath that runs the entire length of it because the barges used to be pulled by horses. Horses, yeah. So there's a path that literally runs a whole length. So you can start in Robertstown in Kildare and you can end in St. Mullins in Carlow. And it's 120 kilometres of unbroken path on the banks of a river. And um, nobody knows about it. It's not promoted. Uh, it, it spans too many counties. Even where I am at the moment is kind of this political thing that the barrow is synonymous with Carlo. I'm yeah. in Great Namana. So Great Namana tourists, Kilkenny tourism won't promote it because it's Carlo people. 
And then yeah. Carlo don't, don't want to promote it because Greg the man is in Kilkenny and Kilkenny people might get the money out of it. So yeah. it's kind of just sits okay. County councils are going to come hunting us down after this. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spark of war. But I had this idea of saying, well, could I run it? Could I run the whole thing? And I would love to run the whole thing. And then with the lockdown, what really started taking off was this, uh, you know, these fastest known times. So yeah. the website set up that kind of marshals all these uh, routes of interest. So there's certain rules that you have to complete. The, you know, the route has to be of a certain interest. It's got to be at least a certain length. It's got to be something that other people would be interested in doing. You've got to be able to create a GPX file of it and have a, a, a proper start and finish time and all this. Uh, and I got onto Fastest Known Times and I sent them a GPX file of the thing. And they said, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to register that. So... The idea then was saying, well, hang on a second. I started running maybe two or three years ago and I couldn't do my 200 meters. And and out of kind of bullheadedness, as opposed to any kind of ability, I've been able to build a bit of consistency up. Uh, and if I stuck at this and if I could have put a bit of work into it from January up until maybe the end of this year or this summer or the middle of this summer, there's a possibility that I could actually hold a record for something now. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be holding a record because I'm the only person who's done it. Yeah. <laughs> Still a record. record. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure somebody else could go out and and, and break what uh, I'd be planning on doing fairly bloody easy. But in a way, that's really what I'd love because I'd love more people to realize what's on their doorstep. I'd love people to start running it, to start hiking it, to start kind of enjoying what we have here. Um, and at the same time, raise a little bit of money for charities. So the plan is in uh, early June of this year that I, I'm going to set off and I'm going to run from Robertstown in Kildare down to St. Mullins, uh, which is about seven kilometers downriver from where I live at the moment. Uh, which It's about 120 kilometers. Uh, and I'm hoping to do it in, in and around 13 hours-ish. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I suppose... Before I nominate me and Sean for a challenge, we always get a challenge out of podcasts. But uh, I'm just going to ask you, the charities that you're doing it for, you're actually doing it for a couple of different charities. There's two charities. Yeah, well, there's two schools. Um, two schools, sorry. Know, yeah, I'd, I'd have kind of personal reasons for both of them, just through family um, and so on. So there's a, a school nearby me here in Gores Bridge called Saplings who deal with um, children with autism um, and, and, and various children on, on, on different parts of the spectrum. And then there's another school in Kilkenny called the O'Neill Centre, which deals with um, kids with various different uh, levels of um, disability and, again, kind of autism and spectrum-related disorders. Um, and one of the things that the, the whole lockdown has had is a real effect on people's kind of charitable funding. And a lot of these schools rely on public funding. Um, and it's a, I find it really kind of hard sometimes to realise that uh, they don't necessarily get the recognition or support that they need. Uh, and it's probably because spectrum disorders, to some extent, remain kind of hidden. Yeah, um, very much so. We, yeah. we haven't got comfortable with them. For example, you wouldn't even countenance now that you'd build a building without putting a wheelchair ramp in, because that just yeah. makes sense and that's what you do. But there's certain things that you won't put into an education system that people need. Um, so hopefully we'll get there soon but in the meantime if I can raise some money for those two then that'd be excellent you know absolutely Dara we'll do anything we can as well to yeah, great. And support what it is that you're doing and we'll 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 constantly jump on and anything we can do in terms of a, 
a giveaway to encourage people to even just spread the information about what it is you're doing because it is a phenomenal thing only not only is it a personal achievement uh, you will set a record for yourself um regardless of who beats it or who does it what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing it one for your own personal development and two for the schools it's it's absolutely phenomenal and it's it's why Ireland as well as a whole is considered such a charitable nation as well. There's a lot of people doing a lot of fantastic things, um, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely amazing to hear to hear what you're trying to do. Um, so the challenge part. So you're running 120 kilometers. I have a few friends. Well, Sean has no friends, but I have a Thanks. few friends that like to run. So um, you're talking what date in June? Uh, I haven't fixed the date yet. It's probably it's going to be the first half of June, probably towards the second week of June. So um, there's a the first thing I want to do is make sure I didn't blow up between now and March physically, and I think I'm I'm, I'm fairly all right on that. So um, the next couple of weeks I'll start putting kind of proper dates together um, and fix a date and start getting the kind of word out there. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be the second week of June, and we'll hammer down a date at some stage uh, in the next two or three weeks. And what we'll do is, and particularly because you're part of the Run Club, is if restrictions allow, we will try and get members of the Run Club out. I know myself and Sean, I'll cover 30, 40 kilometers with you and a few others will cover distance with you. Keep you company along the way and we'll make sure that you have uh, support at checkpoints along the way in terms of nutrition and stuff. And that's that's what we will do with any given training day in the Run Club uh, to support you because, as you said, hopefully... Hopefully you think our run club is one of those that is a supportive one. There's not too much negativity in there and a lot of great people. So yeah. um, that's what we will do to to help you achieve the goal because it is phenomenal. Um, myself and Sean, Sean's looking nervous there now. but I'm a little bit nervous, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I, I love the Instagram pictures. I love the run out where you're running. That's pretty cool. But, but with Eric says, man, to 30, 40K and stuff like that, yeah, I'll cheers for that, Eric. I'll, no I'll get problem. the train and up there. <laughs> I'll look. Yeah, it's have, a- you have our support and I know a lot of 100%. my guys, Ozzy, Dixon, uh, a few of the guys who are, who are big into the ultras and stuff there, they'd be more than happy to share a couple of kilometers with you just to keep you focused and oh, relaxed. That's great. Yeah. Water. Um, because, more the better. And we'll, we'll help you achieve that 120 goal. We'd only be too delighted to be there to support you. And we'll touch back in with you maybe even once a month and we'll, we'll check how training's going and uh, we can do nothing but wish you all the best. I have to say it's it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you because for once me and Sean have not done much talking and it's mm. uh you've definitely I hope I hope to anyone who is listening touched on a lot of simple things uh simple things that seem like big things when you're starting into a running career and like you said at 43 years of age is when you started you know and it's and you're running around the world so <laughs> uh it's um be it virtual or not it's still a phenomenal phenomenal achievement and and what you're doing is phenomenal you, you've actually made me feel bad because I preach about getting on a bike for an hour you know it's and and struggling with it but it's um it's absolutely amazing what you've done and and what you're continuing to do and anything we can do to help is brilliant thank you so much for sharing your story i'm not at all guys yeah thanks thanks for having me on it's uh it's been a real pleasure and um yeah absolutely delighted with any of the support that you can give me because uh if we can make a difference to a couple of people uh it makes a huge difference to their lives and just going back to your point there on the the bike thing I, i suppose if there was one thing i could say it's um Again, going back to kind of the the behavioral stuff that I suppose my job and everything is rooted in is um, if you don't want to get up and get out, it's not because you're lazy. It's just because that's the way our brains work. And it's really important that people realize that every single person does not want to get up and does not want to get out. And it's not because they're lazy. It's not because they're not cut out to do something. It's just the way our brains work. Um, 
So don't let it put you off. Um, just get up, get out, do a couple of steps, one foot in front of the other. Um, and what happens is then eventually the force of habit kind of overcomes those little behavioral things. And that's when you start noticing the change. You might still hate it from time to time. but We couldn't agree anymore with that. Uh, Derek, just before you quickly go there, um, I'm assuming all the promotion you're going to do for, for your, your challenge be through your Instagram. Um, yeah. Is it okay to share your Instagram? Oh, you can, there? yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, what uh, is it there for the listeners if they're just listening in right now? It's, uh, it's, it's at Barrow underscore Valley underscore Runner. So Barrow Valley Runner underscore. Yeah. And you get to see some of the uh, the nice photos and scenery from around the Barrow and the Black Stairs as well, so. For the scenery alone, you guys got to check out that Instagram account. We'll also have it up on, on the show notes and description. So if you're listening to this podcast now, the, the link will be there to get out to, to Dara's Instagram account. Um, Dara, that was phenomenal. I, I just echo exactly what Eric says. Best luck to challenge in June. And we also, by, myself, clearly will be more than happy to help you any way I can in terms of 30, 40K of the 120. I might be able to push. Of course, no yeah. it's, it's all flat. There's no hills, you know. No, if it's flat, I'm in. No matter. <laughs> uh, cheers again, Derek. Guys, thanks for this, this week's episode of the Any Good Monday podcast. For myself, Dara, and Eric, take care.